So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Hey, hey, what's up, my man? Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad that you are here and honored that you would take 10, 15 minutes out of your day and listen to me for a little bit. I promise to make this worth your while. And we're going to talk about, you know, one of my favorite practical concepts for recovery and a bit of a sort of nuanced subject around it. I think you're going to find it very helpful. Before I jump in, I'm very active on Instagram these days, and I would love to see you over there. I know most of you listening are on Instagram, and I know that you probably follow a bunch of accounts that you know are a waste of time that you shouldn't. Uh, Look, by following my account, you're going to at least populate your feed with some content that could be useful for your recovery, insightful, and um, preventing relapses in the process, as opposed to some of that other content that, let's be real, is probably causing relapses, if nothing else. So, Sathya Sam is the handle. Link is in the show notes. We're on Instagram every single day. I mean, we post in so many different ways, and it's been a lot of fun. We have grown, by the way. I don't mention this a lot, but from October 2022 to the time of this recording, June 2023, we've gone from 5,000 followers, just over 5,000. I think we were about 5,300 to uh, 63k followers. So the page is growing, we're gaining a lot of traction, people resonating with the message. And uh, like I said, I would love to see you over there if you're on Instagram. So links in the show notes. Today, we're going to talk about a question that uh, one of our clients asked, which is, should other people be reading my journal? And sort of a secondary question to that, which is, how do I journal and make sure that nobody else reads it? So kind of two different questions that have some similarities. So let's let's go a little bit broader first. You guys know I love to set some context before we kind of dive in. I believe that of all the recovery practices and tools and principles out there, you guys will not find one more useful than journaling. Why? Because, because what typically drives a lot of addictive behavior and issues with pornography is a lack of awareness of the inner life. We don't understand the feelings, the beliefs, the paradigms, the thoughts, the emotions, and the perceptions that are driving our behavior. We just think, oh, we're sexual beings. I'm just a guy. This is what guys deal with. Not realizing that there's tons of clues going within the heart of a man that have simply been ignored. And because they've been ignored, We are clueless and we settle for these blanket explanations that are totally invalid. Journaling is the best tool I have found for helping guys get in touch with their inner life. It's not about getting in touch with your feelings. I don't like that language, even though there is validity there, but it's about gaining understanding of your inner life. Let's use that phrase instead. That's what this is about. It's about gaining an understanding of your inner life, building self-awareness, which is the first pillar of recovery that we teach in our program. 
So journaling allows you to do this. And there's two specific things that journaling will help you execute if it's done correctly. It's going to help you identify emotions, label emotions rather, and define thoughts. So identify emotions or label emotions and define thoughts. And if you and I can do these two things on a regular basis, journaling becomes our our ticket to the inner life that we can then master. And by mastering our inner life, okay, imagine, imagine being able to respond in a healthy way to a majority of your emotions. Imagine having difficult thoughts, negative thoughts, maybe even attacks from the enemy and being able to thwart them the same way Jesus did in Luke 4 after he fasted in the wilderness for 40 days. The journaling gives us a chance to do this. We, we get to cultivate that self-awareness by labeling emotions and defining thoughts, okay, period. Let's end that sentence. That is the value of journaling. So the question becomes now, okay, journaling, uh, sorry, this, I need to actually mention this quickly. The other benefactor of journaling is that you are doing something that is wildly personal without risk of exposure. So if, if, if you've listened to me before or you've heard me interview on another podcast, often I get asked, what can somebody do to get started? And typically what I will tell them is I will say, well, who's the safest person in your life? Related or not related, near or far, who is the person that if you told them what was going on, you are 99% sure they wouldn't judge you? Who's that person? Go talk to them. Tell them about what's going on. That, that's the first big step. But the problem with that step is that it involves sharing with another person, which is incredibly vulnerable. There's a degree of risk involved and it requires tons of effort to actually do it. The barrier to entry is relatively high, even though it is necessary and that step is incredibly pivotal for you in your recovery journey. But if you weren't ready for that first step, I would actually say the second thing or or the, the, the easier thing to do is to start journaling because in addition to getting some of the, the liberation that comes from articulating your inner life and the skill development and all the stuff we've talked about, the added bonus is that you are sharing vulnerably and transparently without any risk of being judged because there's nobody else that's really seeing it, hearing it, or catching it. Which brings us to the question we got today. We had a client who was a little bit paranoid, understandably so, uh, about journaling because he didn't want to have all of his kind of deeper, intricate, inner life elements on pen and paper, knowing that his kids or his wife or any person in his house could stumble upon it. And so his question was, can I find a different way to journal? So a, a couple a couple questions about this, and then I'm going to go into question number two, which is should other people be reading your journal? So if there's people that you that you know, I don't want this person to read my journal, somebody that you live with, presumably, that, that would probably uh, at least typically be the person we're talking about here. If you don't want them to read your journal, then you have to figure out a way to journal in a medium that is guaranteed to be protected. So what do I mean by that? Well, it could be a journal with a lock on it. Yeah, but if, you know, I, I'm, I'm just imagining the husband. Yeah, but if she sees the lock, she's going to think I'm hiding something. Well, you are hiding something. But you're not, you're not hiding something that she can't know or hear about. You just want her to hear and know about it 
on your terms as you're comfortable. And that is completely reasonable. That's what the lock would communicate. And maybe uh, what I would suggest personally is don't secretly go buy a journal with a lock on it or put the journal in some sort of like lock box or safe box or whatever. And then one day she's going to say, hey, what the hell is that? You know, what's, what's this? What are you hiding from me? Right? Like we don't want to create that kind of commotion. So what you probably want to do instead is say, hey, uh, you know, this, this crazy Indian guy on this podcast I'm listening to told me to start journaling. I'm a little bit freaked out by it, but I'm just crazy enough to believe him to actually try it. And I want to, I'm, I'm totally willing to let you know about the stuff I'm writing about. I'm not trying to hide it, but this is like very raw and unfiltered. And I would rather process it a bit first and then talk to you about it. So that's why I'm kind of keeping it locked. I know that like, you're not going to go prying. It's just this peace of mind thing. It just helps me know that like everything's like tucked away there and I can open it back up when I feel ready to. Man, if you gave your wife an explanation like that, she'd love you forever. She would have no issues. And if she did still have issues, it would probably speak more about her own insecurities than anything you're doing. It's well within your right to do that. So that would be option number one is can we actually put your journal somewhere that it's safely stored and that essentially only you can have access to it. The caveat here is that you need to make sure that you're communicating with loved ones who might get paranoid or suspicious if they saw that without an explanation that you know you were doing something insidious or, or inappropriate or adulterous, most likely. Uh, that's kind of where their minds would go. We want to prevent those things by having an upfront conversation and a bit of an explanation about it as well, okay? Other options could be digital. So you could journal digitally. I personally am not a big proponent of uh, digitaling journaling. And I, I cannot explain it. There is some research out there. There's not a ton, at least as far as I'm aware of. I haven't really done a deep dive on it. But from what I know that's out there, there's at least a little bit of evidence that would show putting pen to paper is significant for our memory and it's significant for our cognitive processing. So I think that typing notes or typing your journal is probably, it's got to have a similar effect. I can't imagine they're that different, but here's the issue. Okay. Let me ask you something. Have you ever unlocked your phone with the intent to do one single task and actually only did that task and then lock your phone again? So you're like, oh, what? Um, shoot, I need to add avocados to the grocery list. So you pop open the, the grocery list app, you add avocados, and then you lock your phone and you keep going. How often do you do that? Almost never, right? You're going to add avocados to the grocery list, and then you're like, oh, yeah, I had this notification from whatever, and you check some messages, and then you go scrolling on Instagram, and you know, sure, it's only two and a half, three minutes, not a big deal, you tell yourself. But in the meantime, you've totally scattered your brain from whatever it was you were thinking about that reminded you to put avocados on the grocery list. And this happens with journaling as well. And I know your guys' minds. Like, I, I, I know your mind because your mind is like mine. It, we're, we're scattered. You know, we're, our attentions are easily fragmented. And so what we want to do is we, the, the beauty of having a physical journal is that we can put everything in a place where... Um, the, the environment doesn't have much distraction or risk, you know, like a journal just doesn't have that same kind of pull. So find a physical journal, hide it if you need to, uh, store it away somewhere safe, lock it up, and just make sure you communicate to your loved ones in case, um, in case that's necessary. Should other people be reading your journal? That's our second question. I'm going to answer this one pretty quickly. It's up to you. So I don't, 
I have never just given my journal to my wife and said, go ahead and read. I have had journal entries that I have read to her, you know, because I'm processing something. We talk about it on date night and she says, oh, I would love to, you know, hear what you were journaling about. And so I will, I will share it with her, you know. The problem is that, you know, my wife and I have gone into disagreements and then I've gone and processed in my journal and when it's raw and unfiltered, like it's not nice. And, you know, we have rules around journaling, like that you're not to slander and, and whatever, whatever. So there's some guidelines there. It's, it's, not like, it's not like I'm calling her all these terrible names that I would never actually say in real life. Like that's not the point of the journal. It's just that some of the, the raw, unfiltered nature of what I'm writing would probably be a lot for her to take in and she wouldn't have any kind of context or whatever. So I would, I would personally prefer that she doesn't just open my journal and start reading. Now, she has, she has that ability to do that. Like she is welcome to do it. I don't hide my journal. It's, it's accessible to her. She can go and have at it whenever she wants and she knows that. But she also knows that I'm raw in there and that I basically said, hey, if you ever want to know anything, let's have a conversation about it. You know, I trust you enough that I'm not going to go lock this thing up or whatever. But, um, you know, I would I would really appreciate it if uh, we had a conversation, you know, or if you want to know something in my journal, like let's talk about it first, basically. So um, all is to say is other people can read your journal that's up to you. It's not the point though, at least not when you start. When you start, the point of the journal is that you are getting in touch or gaining understanding of your inner life. Now, there is one person who will always read your journal, whether you like it or not, and that is the Holy Spirit. And that's a really good thing. And that's what actually makes journaling so powerful. If you go check out some of our other episodes about journaling, what makes journaling so powerful is not just your your comprehension of the inner life that comes from identifying emotions and defining thoughts. The secondary element is that we get to position our hearts for revelation from the Holy Spirit. And this is often where a lot of the transformation takes place in the recovery journey is it's not just that we had the liberty to express ourselves. It's that we got a space to receive the unconditional love of God, despite all of the crap we are dealing with. It's that it's that as I was processing some of the stuff that I've been experiencing and feeling lately, the Holy Spirit just dropped a little a little word in my heart that was exactly what I needed to hear to regain perspective or to feel hopeful again or to get clarity or to forgive that person or whatever it might be. And that is the beauty secondary byproduct of journaling when it is done correctly or at least done according to our methodology, which like I said, I've outlined in other episodes if you want to go back and take a look. So should others be reading your journal? No, they can if you'd like, but make sure that you don't leave God out of this because he is what's going to, he is going to be the multiplier of your journaling efforts in a way that you could never dream or imagine of. So uh, that's my word of wisdom to you. Journaling saved my life. I uh, I was an avid journaler basically the, the two years leading up to my uh, my last relapse and probably for the next four years afterwards. The last two or three years, I journal, but just not as frequently. So it's still very important for me. I'm actually, actually, that I can't even say that truthfully because I journal every night before I go to bed now. It's it's a little bit more simple. It's more gratitude journaling. It's, it has more to do with getting good sleep than processing stuff, but um, still super helpful. So we'll talk about that another day. In the meantime, I'm going to wrap it up here. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. 
Follow me on Instagram if you want more guidelines and you want to improve your algorithm a little bit there. Sathya Me Sam is the handle. Links in the show notes. In the meantime, have an awesome day, man. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.